Welcome back to Autocorrect, everybody. We're take two of this uh, You don't intro. need to tell them that. <laughs> yeah. So To be fair, most of our episodes take more than one attempt at one point or another. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to cut down on the amount of editing I have to do after the fact. So we are going to talk about an interesting company today that we, uh, we don't know... It's not, it's not too well-known in the U.S. I, I'm... No, but they do actually have operations here in the U.S., which is kind of interesting considering what they do. Yeah, so what we're talking about today is Marty Group, which do specialized construction and... Related matters. Yeah, it's kind of it's confusing. They do a lot of like specialized manufacturing. So specifically what we're going to talk about today is... To start, one of their tunnel boring machines, which is one of their specialties, is they build tunnel boring machines for their projects. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't just build them, they build them and use them. Yeah, so the, the tunnel boring machines that they build all are built for each of their projects, and so they're a very specialized machine. And one of the projects recently that they worked on, I think 2022 it was finished, yeah, but I think it started in either 2019. 2018. Okay, I was going to say 2018 or 2019. 2018 to 2022. Yeah. So there was a aqueduct, or I'm not sure what you would call it. They're essentially making a tunnel for pipe for a pump station um, from a reservoir that was up uphill from the transportation. And so the there was a 42% and 90% inclined shaft that they had to... Which is just insane. Yeah. Usually tunnel boring machines are used on a flat plane, although sometimes they, they have some slight change in pitch, but a 90% and what was it, 42%? Yeah. That's insane and more or less never heard of. So there are two things, especially that they had to design into this tunnel boring machine for this job that we're going to talk about. The first is a what is essentially a stabilization injection to seal up aqueous fissures. Yeah, it's basically a like cement resin hybrid, but they can change the viscosity depending on the uh, conditions of the rock, which is very interesting, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So the second thing is a rollback system. Uh, since the incline was so great, they had what were essentially like inverted wedges uh, that would default to a normally open state if the TBM lost power. You'll hear us say TBM a lot. It's tunnel boring machine. It's just easier to say TBM. Yeah. It, the episode will be very long if we keep saying tunnel boring machine. So there is a normally open wedge design. So as the machine would roll back, if if it were to roll back, it would just wedge further into the rock and it wouldn't go anywhere. Which and th basically works exactly the way you'd think it would, except completely opposite. Yeah. It, it's it's hydraulically actuated. It kind of comes out from the side of the machine at an angle. It's, it's interesting how it's actuated. If you guys want to see more of the visual of how this works, they did a... Marty Group actually does really cool. They're kind of... They're pretty much just documentaries. Yeah. Um, I think this video was around half an hour. Yeah, they have what is essentially like modern Marvels documentaries of their projects. Yeah, they're highly recommended. Uh, some of them are in English, some of them are in German. 
So you might want to learn some German before you watch it. But... They're usually translated. They usually have uh, multiple uploads of the same thing in different languages. Some of them they do, some of them they don't. Yeah. They all have transcripts that are translated, yes. so you can have captions. Yeah. Or just learn German. Yeah, that too. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the stabilization, the injection, which we see stabilization in a lot of things, uh, especially like warehouses and other large-scale buildings like that where yeah. they want to build and the soil is not firm. So the injection method was uh, developed by one of Marty's subsidiaries, Renesco, yep. which uh, is the division of Marty that has uh, some establishment some establishment here in the U.S., I think they're down in North Carolina or something. I don't think Marty Tunnel operates at all in the U.S., but uh, Renesco does. And it was actually a pretty ingenious solution. So when they they did uh, geological surveys and they were had forecast these... So before the project started, they did geological surveys and they had actually forecast these uh, aquatic fissures in the aqueous rock... Um, they didn't forecast it to the extent that they actually encountered it. I think they said they were getting water pressure of like one or two bar, weren't they? Yeah, it was pretty high. And now you have to realize that where they were, they're boring up towards a reservoir that, I mean, they're going a few thousand feet, I think. Yeah, uh, meters at least. I think it was like 1.1 kilometers. Yeah, so a few thousand yeah, feet. Yeah. yeah. So. As we said earlier, uh, three meters. Yeah, three meters. Nobody will know what we're talking about, but it's funny. Yeah. So the, yes, so 880 meters and then 663 meters. Total length of pressure gallery was 2,300 meters. So they they had a, a lead in. So So not 1,100. <laughs> Yeah, they they had a lead in yeah. uh, on the uh, a normal incline, and then they had their steep section. So, and the the change in the slope was had a radius of 150 meters. Their total pr uh, length of the pressure gallery was 2,300 meters. The actual machine was a little over three meters wide. Yeah, David's holding his hand up about two feet apart. Not even that was like 18 inches. Yeah, so. <laughs> The uh, that's eighteen inches. About stabilization was required because there was essentially water-filled rock that and and just like mini aquifers that were being opened up by the tunnel, and the head pressure was because of the elevation change from where they were up to where the reservoir was. Yeah, think about just drilling into. A rock face, like the average person does. And as soon as you pull that drill bit out, you're greeted with 14 PSI of water. That's what they were dealing with, but on a three-meter circle. Yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. And they, in the video they showed uh, working on it, and it was just spraying in. Yeah, it was props to those workers. Those were some brutal conditions. Um, again, this being uh, Switzerland and the EU, uh, safety was of paramount concern. And it was actually interesting to see how they uh, managed to operate safely in such aquatic conditions. Yeah, so just to clarify 
the actual station that they're like pumping down to the, or I think it's gravity fed and also pumps. I, I don't remember, but it's for a power plant um, using a reservoir that's up uh, higher, which is why they're, they're using gravity to feed it, but that's why they have such an issue with the head pressure. Yeah. Which so, the, the same reason that they're actually building it the way they're building it is what makes it hard to build. Yeah, so essentially what they did to accomplish or to uh, get around the whole aqueous rock issue was they would uh, drill exploratory boreholes to find the fissures. And once they were found, they would uh, do this resin injection. And basically they would go with a low viscosity resin and seeing if it succeeded or if it failed. If it failed, they would go to a higher viscosity to uh plug the larger fissures and then go back to the lower viscosity to actually solidify the entire fissure because once the fissure was filled in uh what they would do is they would actually blast the uh gallery i think is what they called it yeah uh which is a very interesting way to do it very slow but very interesting, and they still managed to finish ahead of schedule too, which was pretty incredible. Well, as <laughs> if you go watch any of their videos, as you see, that's a well-oiled machine in yes. terms of. I mean, they're Swiss. Yes, I I think so. that the TBM started somewhere around four hundred meters into the rock face. Yeah. So pretty pretty incredible stuff, and yeah, they used tra- traditional blasting, I think, right, to get the initial assembly gallery. And well, then, not only to get the assim- uh, assembly gallery, but to get through the aqueous fissures, too. Yeah. Um, and a lesser company would have just turned away and said, no, this is not possible. Yeah. It was pretty incredible to see. And, and think, they were also putting in precast slabs. Yeah. I think this is the only project we're going to talk about in depth in this episode. But yeah. at the end, I do want to mention a couple of the projects they've done, which have been yeah. really cool. But so now let's talk about the TBM. The TBM itself is interesting because not only did it have the the fallback protection and everything, which isn't necessarily the way they did it was definitely a little special. So actually, before we go too in depth into that, I want to just clarify to everybody who may not know what a TBM is. It's a mini factory on tracks is what it is. So it has a large cutting head at the front and then it has all the power units and then also processing units behind it, too. Because obviously all this material has to go straight back because that's the only way out at that point. It's a, it's kind of like, it's pretty much a train. It runs on what is essentially train tracks. Um, and it is, it's a train that just builds the track. Yes, it has to build the track on top of itself. Yeah. So it's a whole production chain in a train that is just, eventually turns into one big thing yeah it's like a train car if it was like a however many hundred feet long yes and not only did they encounter the uh aqueous fissures at the beginning but they also encountered some further into the tunnel and then also loose rock and unstable uh areas which what's interesting is their solution was to literally take sections of the cutter head out so they can access the front and then fill it in with uh, shotcrete is what it's called, which is a high strength uh, cement product that is sprayable. Sprayed. Yeah, yeah. So they'd fill it in with shotcrete, wait for it to uh, cure, 
and then they would continue forward and then put re- extra reinforcing around it as the TBM progressed. So as they bore, this is another thing, this isn't how they always do it, is they would bore, move the machine, and then when the machine would move, they would put in the front section, the front like head was two sections. The first one, it would push up hydraulically and essentially inched along like a caterpillar. So the head would move up, the rollback would deploy in the front section, the rear section would release its rollback protection and pull itself forward up to the front section of the TBM. Then the back section would redeploy its rollback protection and the front would release and push off of that back section that had just moved up. So most TBMs have two sets of, I'll call them brakes. They have like the, the operating brakes, which are what locks into the rock when it's pushing the cutter head forward. Yeah. Because that, that's the way that these work is they push forward in I think one or two meter increments. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, then it retracts, uh, releases that, and then the secondary brakes are what's used to actually drive the TBM. Yeah, but this um, had an extra set on yes, the Yes, it had head. a... No, no, no. It had an extra set on the uh, driving train. Or driving train, right? Yeah. yeah. Which were uh, completely redundant, just for safety. Yeah, because they didn't want to... They're not sh- small machines, so... As they would cut and then move forward, they would also at the same time place the precast tunnel slabs. Uh, you, I think it was about halfway down the TBM. I don't Something remember. Something like that, yeah. So they would go, make sure everything was all, everything was sealed up and everything. And then as they were moving, they would place the slabs to seal in the tunnel. So it was all, by the time the TBM would go, would completely clear a spot, the tunnel was done. Yeah. Com- completely done. Yeah, which is insane. Because they would, they would, they would bore, move, they would seal anything. Then, or sorry, they would bore, seal, and then place the actual panels in. And then I think they, some of them, they had shot crete around. I don't know. I don't know yeah, how, how much they, of it they actually shot created over panels, but they did. No, I don't think they shot created over panels. It was just under them under them yeah they did yeah. some other there was some other finishing that went on in some of the areas i think they had other sealing yeah they they was... sealants i should say not sealing as in above you yes but um to yeah. seal to seal the panels to get the precast panels yeah so breakthrough happened in the summer of 2022 yep. uh which was ahead of schedule actually um which is pretty incredible considering uh Pretty much as immediately when they started the project, it was in jeopardy of being canceled because of how aqueous the rock was. But yeah, Marty was able to uh, pull all of its resources together and come up with a very unique solution that paid off in the end. Yeah, we don't see as much tunneling in the U.S. You know, we have, there is some, especially, but a lot of it is with... A lot of it's just done with blasting. Yeah, a lot of it's conventional tunneling. And, I mean, we see like... Elon Musk with Boring Company using special TBMs yep. that they've designed, but really... They, they've designed them, but they work with another company. They don't build those in-house. No, no, no. We, we, it's interesting because Marty builds them in-house. Yeah, Marty Marty builds them from the ground up. Yeah. So uh, Marty actually manufactures their TBMs and is the contractor of the project. Yeah. So 
it's interesting but in europe in european countries you definitely see a lot more tunneling there's honestly there's less space and it's a more efficient way of constructing a tunnel so we talked about this on atlas i think a little bit but the margins of of running a contracting company of any kind whether it's you know this scale or a smaller scale the the profit margins are higher in europe because you don't have the similar type of competition that you do here no there's a greater emphasis placed on who can do the job properly versus who can do it the cheapest yeah which is what we have sadly here in the u.s is at the end of the day it usually comes down to uh, who's the cheapest not who's the most qualified for the job and because of this in europe um companies are able to bid jobs higher and more appropriately but do them to a uh more complete extent and not cut corners yes not cut corners and uh really do a project thoroughly yeah there's considerably less rework that has to be done in europe than there is in the u.s i don't have exact figures to back that up so i could be completely wrong but i doubt it it is yeah so there's less less contractor versus contractor yeah i think uh it was an aaron witt's uh podcast or vlog or something that he mentioned that it's been in the podcast a couple times yeah more or less uh all the time the uh EU, when they're doing a government project, goes with the second highest bidder. Yeah, so there's a reason for that, which I think is interesting because the second highest bidder isn't, like, gouging the price. No. But they are going to do it well. They're not going to cut corners on material and and labor and things. So you don't want to be the highest bidder because then you know it's just too high. But that second highest bidder is the one that's going to have the means to get it done because they have the funding and the experience if they're large enough, you know. That's just a sort of catch-all. That's not, obviously, there are different circumstances for the projects. but. But in general, it makes a lot more sense than the lowest bidder. Now in the U.S. It's usually the lowest or the second lowest is the truth. And unfortunately, which we've seen personally with projects we've been around, it leads to serious cutting corners, coming in over budget and under mm-hmm. under quality. Or just take the approach of one contractor we know and just sub everything out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody who knows, well, if you know, you know. Yeah. And you'll know. <laughs> yes. But anyways, uh, a couple other projects that Marty's done that I want to touch on really quick. CERN. <laughs> yes, CERN. Um, they also did this railway tunnel. I forgot exactly where it was, but it was live track where they increased the diameter of the tunnel by like two meters. I can't pronounce it. It's lo- okay. Don't. I'm not pronouncing this. I'll spell it out. It's in one of the countries. I don't know. It was uh, Switzerland. Yes. Can- Kanderstegs. I don't know how to pronounce this. They've got, we don't, they got dots under their We over don't their speak cons- German in case you can't tell. They got dots over their vowels and too many consonants, but it's L-O with the little double dot that looks like a surprised face. <laughs> so it's L-O-T-S-H-S-C something. Spelling is hard. I don't know. It's L- a L- tunnel in Switzerland. <laughs> we can leave it at that. 
Lochberg Summit Tunnel or Lochberg Summit Summit Tunnel in Kendersteg, Switzerland, and they had to do the renovation of the track, like one meter away from the the live track, live yeah. track, yeah. Which here in the U.S., forget it. They would just shut everything down and take four years. These guys didn't shut anything down and did it in like a month. Yeah. It's it's impressive, but and I, I I'm not exaggerating. I think they did it in around a month. Well, no, the actual construction was like around a month. Yes, but the whole the project was probably was a year or two. 2018 to 2023. So five years. Year or two, totally. Yeah. But no, the the actual work on the live track I think was right around a month. Yeah. Which and they what, had a special tunnel uh, train that they would bring into build also not a boring machine but yeah and then they also worked on cern yep that was pretty cool the uh lhc large hadron hadron i still don't know which is the correct pronunciation i've heard both large hadron collider um most people are familiar with it it's just really expensive that's that's about it really expensive science stuff is what it is yep they uh they did the tunneling for that shocking i know a company that specializes in tunneling and weird machines. Does probably the most specialized tunnel in the world. Well, yeah, it's probably up there. So the last thing I want to talk about before we end this episode is uh, a new product that Marty developed for one of their own projects and I think is going to market. I forget exactly which subsidiary of Marty designed it, but it is a mobile flyover bridge for motorways that uh is remote controlled it it works if you're familiar with an spmt unit it works very similar to that but it's a bridge and i think it's like 28 units that are put together around 150 meters i think and can i help you for anybody that can't see right now i'm zooming in to see if the crane is a leap hair and it, it is it i can tell you it definitely i can tell is. you from looking at those counterweights that they're leap hair counterweights they're, they're leap hair counterweights i'm just looking to see what model it is anyways i was saying something about uh the bridge flyover thing yeah that's pretty cool so it allows traffic to go over the work area so they can work underneath this bridge it's a movable bridge yes on, they, it literally drives yeah that's what i was saying is yeah. it's very similar to an spmt unit so I think it's 28 units put together, and um, they can build the whole thing in one night. Well, two nights. Two, depending on the size. Right. The, the, yeah. the, base, the base size was one night, and then they added a bunch of extensions on. Yeah. And so, it can handle, like, normal traffic, which is impressive. Yeah, and it keeps the work, workforce safe because they're working underneath it. It also to. looks like it weighs about a b billion pounds. The thing is like, it probably does because like, it's made out of, like, inch-thick steel. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it it's very cool and it's very innovative and it's surprising that nobody's thought of something like this before. When you have a company like Marty, now they're huge. Marty's however many billions of dollars. and Swiss francs, thank you very much. When you have a company like Marty that's however many billions Swiss monies, whatever, they're francs, they are able to spend the capital on developing specialized equipment like this and applying it. You as much as having a huge company that dominates a market is a lot of times a bad thing, you couldn't do this with a small company. It costs no. tens to hundreds of millions of dollars to develop a lot of these things. 
it's pretty crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how much it cost them to develop that bridge system, but it had to be a lot. Backtrack a little bit. I don't even know how much it took for them to research and develop the resin that they used in the uh, in the tunnel project. Yeah, because that was specific to that project. That wasn't just an off the shelf resin. Yeah. So yeah, having a company like Marty that's that size that is involved in all those things is cool. Obviously, you need the the little guys, but yep. you need a big company like Marty to be able to develop a lot of this high dollar equipment. Yeah. So I think that's going to uh, wrap up this episode. Yeah, uh, I do just want to mention if we sound a little different today, it's because uh, it's allergy season. I don't know when this episode is going to go live, but it's currently May. Yeah, so we're back in the uh, normal room, but still have some stuff to do. And uh, it's allergy season, so it still probably sounds a little weird. Yeah. If you guys aren't following us, go check out the autocorrect podcast on instagram you can also if you want to see our heavy equipment stuff you can check out atlas earthworks you can check out studio1k.com for the website and you can check out atlas earthworks at atlasearthworksmedia.com and you can find our youtube there as well yep i think that's all of our projects we've got going on right now yeah we've got many if you go to studio1k.com you can also sign up for the newsletter which will keep you updated for everything yeah So I think that's going to be it for today. So that's going to be it for this episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.